Hey, my friends. So I'm in the middle of a five-week intensive on shame. And it's been really, really incredible. The work has been incredibly impactful on myself. And I can't wait to bring it into practice with my clients. It's going to be so, so good. And so I wanted to take some time today and share with you some of what I've learned in this intensive so I had heard about shame before by reading um, Brené Brown's work, which addresses shame as more of a feeling. And the way that shame is being dealt with in the intensive I'm in is addressing shame as a lens with which we see ourselves. A lens that says we are bad, defective, broken, no good. We have something wrong with us. And that lens colors everything that we see, hear, and do in the world. An event can become covered in shame when it is lacking an empathetic witness. When a hurt or an injustice occurs and then the witnessing of that event is, is absent or is denied or is gaslighted, then we can come to look upon that event as something that we deserved, as something that happened to us because of our defects, because of some lack or some way we weren't good enough. And I saw how this happened in many areas of my life. I think one of the most dramatic ones is from my sexual assault. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while the first episode my origin story kind of touches on this a little bit but to to recap my freshman year in in college I was sexually assaulted by a man that I was dating at the time so after the actual assault I could see several sources that witnessed the event in a shaming way and the first would have to be myself. So the school I was at was um, a Mormon school, very strict. They had very strict rules. One of those rules was to never be alone with the opposite sex. And I was alone with the guy I was dating. I was alone breaking the rule by being alone with him. So a part of me saw that event as happening to me because I had broken that rule. So because I had done that, that's why it happened. It was my fault. I shouldn't have broken the rule. And that's how a part of me observed the event in a in a self-blaming way and allowed shame to to enter. And of course, afterwards I was feeling really terrible about it to the extreme that there were days where I thought of ending my own life. And so I went to who would have been my spiritual leaders at the school. And they heard my story, heard what happened, and they reinforced that view that it had happened to me and it was my fault. I ended up being formally disciplined by the school for my own sexual assault. So that was the second witness of shame. The second witness that said, 
it's your fault. This happened because of you. And the third shaming witness that came into play was from someone I at the time considered to be a friend. So I had been going through this kind of silently. I hadn't told, I had told my roommate and that was about it. And then one night I told a friend and he reacted by saying, oh my God, that's so gross. But it wasn't like gross to the guy who had assaulted me. It was gross to me. Like he was saying I was the one that was gross. And so that was the third kind of shaming witness that reinforced that, oh, this is a me problem. Like this happened because of me. And the fourth shaming witness that entered at that time was my own mother. So I had told my parents what happened. And I can't really remember the initial conversation. But I do remember that at some point later, maybe a day or two later, my mother called me and she was in tears. She was very upset. But what she was upset about was not that this happened to me she was upset because she thought i wasn't a virgin anymore that was the upsetting thought and she was begging me to go and get a medical exam to see if maybe by some grace of god i still had a hymen intact that's what she was very concerned about is that maybe i could still be intact and I just remember thinking that it didn't matter. Like it literally didn't matter if it, whether it was intact or not. Like I had still went through something terrible and like that wasn't the important part to me. And I just remember realizing that my mother cared more about whether or not I was a virgin than about me. She had no concern about how I was doing, how I was feeling. I didn't matter. The thing that mattered to her was a hymen. I don't even know if I'm saying that word right. I've literally only ever read it. (laughs) But that was the fourth shaming witness, the fourth witness that came in and said, you don't matter. What happened to you was your fault. It happened because you're defective, you're bad, and this event makes you even worse. This is gross just to like retell these things. So there was the initial pain and trauma of the assault, which was terrible, yes. But then there was the secondary assault, which is where those shaming witnesses entered. And I actually experienced the secondary assault as more grievous than the first. Like, I think I would have gotten over the sexual assault much quicker had that secondary assault not happened. I think it was actually the secondary assault that scarred me way more. And I don't think about the sexual assault much anymore. And if I do think about it, like when I'm doing this podcast, I don't really feel anything around it. Like, I don't find it triggering anymore. But when I think of say, when my mother reacted to me in that way, that I still feel a great deal of anger and rage about. 
that was way more impactful. Her comments were worse than the rape. And now this might not be everyone's experience that's went through a, a similar situation, but it is mine. This is how I experienced it. And I think over the years, I inadvertently unshamed that sexual assault experience. And I didn't know that is what happened. But going through the intensive, I actually see that that is why that event doesn't bother me anymore. Because later on, I was able to find empathetic witnesses for those events. The first empathetic witness that I found was a therapist. And she was the first person to even name what had happened to me as rape. I never called it that. I had always blamed myself for years. For years, I carried the blame of it. Even after I left that stupid cult, I still had that blame, right? That blame that said, I shouldn't have been alone with him. I should have known better. Right? These are the things that I told myself over and over again, that I must have done something or acted some kind of way that signaled to him that I wanted that. So the therapist was the first one to name what happened to me and to offer me actual empathy and compassion for what I went through without any blame, not only of the assault, but of the aftermath too. She was the only person or rather the first person to ever be like oh my god that's so terrible I'm so sorry for you you didn't deserve that it wasn't your fault and the second empathetic witness I got was through Robin Warshaw's book called I never called it rape and that book was very validating it let me feel very seen and very heard like yes what i went through was awful and i didn't deserve it and if you've ever been sexually assaulted or since so many of us who have been sexually assaulted won't call it that if you've ever had sex when you didn't want to i highly recommend you read that book i never called it rape by robin warshaw so the event was re-witnessed with compassion and empathy. The hurt was acknowledged without trying to minimize it or me trying to talk myself out of it. And this contributed to it no longer being a source of shame for me. I no longer blame myself and I can talk about it without feeling bad. I no longer make it mean something about me. My friends... Where has shame covered you? If you've been in a toxic relationship, I'm guessing it's a lot. The gaslighting that is the norm in toxic relationships creates the ideal condition for the creation of shamed experiences. Find your empathetic witness, my friends, so you can begin to unshame those experiences. As always, reach out if you need help. I'll include the link to book a mini session with me in the show notes because I know when you've been in an abusive relationship, the thing you so often don't have is a support system. Abusers do a really good job of taking that away from you. 
as part of making you stay stuck. So if you find yourself not knowing who can be your empathetic witness, my virtual Zoom door is always open. So I invite you to take that leap. Find a witness for the events in your life that are shrouded in shame. And I invite you to taste the freedom of an unashamed life. Until next time, my friends, take care.